0: Looks pretty good, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd really encourage you guys to come. Who has come to Soul Survivor before? Would you guys encourage other people to come? Yeah. Yes. Good. That's good because I hadn't set that up and it would have been a shame if you said no. <laughs> um. Yeah, but really, it really is a good event. Um. And I know like, you'll just probably think, well, whatever, because I you know am very involved in running it and so obviously I would say that but I um actually I keep being involved in running it because I really think it's a great event um I really think it's does actually encourage people it does um equip people like our the focus behind it is is so much about like let's do this thing together and um and I think that people really do kind of benefit from having that time together um just to take some time out focus together chat about things that really matter um yeah, so I yeah, can't encourage you more strongly to come along. I think I think that you'll really like it. Um I might just adjust this. Or I might not. Doesn't matter. No, I'm good. It's okay, thanks. Yep. Yeah. Okay, thanks. No, just up, not around. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, thanks what a team um sorry if this is a little bit kind of overload overdose of me tonight um yeah our team a few of we've had some injuries and um illnesses that's beautiful thank you um yes some a cough which i'm sure you'll hear and probably once you've noticed it now it'll bother you all night um so anyway um yeah thank you for letting us come and thank you for letting me <laughs> sing and speak and um do my full cabaret show, Um, that's to come, don't worry, (laughs) it's not really, Um, okay, if you have Bibles, why don't you open them to John chapter 4, and if you don't, that's okay, because I'll read it out, Um, I kind of lost my voice, Uh, I'd just like to pray, just briefly, so please pray with me. Um, Lord, I thank you for the Bible and, um, thank you that it is your word to us. And and I pray that now as we open it up and we look together that, um, the Holy Spirit, that your Holy Spirit would just really illuminate scriptures for us, help us to see things that we might not otherwise have seen and uh, open our hearts to receive whatever it is that you want to say, uh, to us today, God, we want to respond to you, um, with faith and openness to who you are. Lord, I love it that you you transform us, you're transforming us, making us more like Jesus and I pray that you would continue to do that among us tonight. Amen. <clears throat> Okie dokes. Um, yeah, so tonight I want to talk a little bit about worship, which is um, a topic that I have, that I just really like. It's something that I've sort of think about a lot. Um, I probably have always been ever since I became a Christian when I was about f- 15 have kind of been you know how there's like kind of categories there's people who would sort of classify themselves we probably wouldn't say it but you kind of like there's the worshipy kind of Christians and then there's the ones that aren't so much do you think so or maybe it's unsaid but do you, do you know what I'm talking about yeah who hands up if you're a worshipy type of Christian hands up if you're not hands up if you don't like worshipy types of Christians right awesome okay (laughs) yeah it depends okay well you're wrong so (laughs) no (laughs) um no I guess um it's been something I guess that I've been aware that I have probably been that kind of person I really immediately took to kind of the singing of songs and that kind of thing and and people would probably classify me as one of those worshipy kind of Christians um But I guess the more that I think about it, the more I'm like, hang on, it shouldn't really be that we can fall into those categories, that there's some of us who are kind of into worship and some of us that are not. Surely, if we're Christians, then worship is really important. And I think uh, I can pretty confidently say that, that um, it may not be, it may be that some of us are more into singing songs than other ones. It may be that some of us are more into singing songs that sound a little bit like the songs that you hear on, you know, I don't know. Is double TFM still around? But that's kind of what I'm thinking of. You know, like do. You you know kind of easy listening kind of and maybe those of us are the worshipy types or I don't know however it is that we kind of end up being these types but the thing is that when it comes down to it worship isn't about that stuff it's not about the music it's not about the style of music in fact it isn't about music at all necessarily but it's about God and it's about him being worthy of worship he him being the only one that actually deserves us to bow our lives in every sense before him and so In that sense, I guess if we profess to be Christians, if we say that we follow him, then I think that um, we all need to fall into the category of, of worshipy Christians. You know, ones who are bringing our worship before God, bowing our lives before him in every way. And actually it's really, it's what what we're made for, it's all of us, you know, it's not kind of just for the select few who happen to get into that kind of thing. So we're going to have a little look at John chapter 4, because this is where Jesus has a a discussion with a woman and it kind of ends up being about worship. Okay, it's probably a familiar one, the woman at the well, is everyone familiar with that? Probably lots of you are. If not, it doesn't matter because we'll read it now. So the background of this is Jesus, he is actually um, traveling from Judea to Galilee and he stops outside this Samaritan town. Um, So he's been going for about 40 kilometers, I think, at this point. So you'd be pretty tired and ready for a break. And so that's what they do. Him and his disciples stop. And the disciples go in to get some food and stuff from the town and Jesus stays out there at this well. So, although the Bible itself will tell you all of that in just a moment. Okay, now, he had to go through Samaria. So, he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, "'Will you give me a drink?' His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, "You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. So you guys are probably familiar with this idea that there was sort of long-standing issues between Jews and Samaritans. They're actually really, really hostile. This is not just kind of oh, we don't get along so well. It was very, very hostile. Um, it actually started that all the people in that area they were all Israelites, but then uh, in the area of Samar- Samaria, other people kind of uh, moved in and the." Israelites kind of started to blend their lifestyle, blend even their religion with kind of religions that were around them, and they made their own place to worship, and they just kind of changed things a little bit. And so this hostility started to grow between those who call themselves, you know, true Israelites and the Samaritans. Um, So Jews certainly wouldn't speak to Samaritans usually, and definitely not a woman, let alone actually ask her to give him a drink as Jesus did, to actually use a cup that she might give, like to you know to touch something that she had touched and even to put it to your mouth like that was quite a big um quite a big deal so that's why jesus says you know how can you ask me uh, yeah how can you ask me for a drink and then jesus kind of uh shifts things up a notch here and he says it says jesus answered her if you knew the gift of god and who it is that asks you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water and so here Jesus, um, you know, changes the, the topic a little bit. He started off just by asking for a drink. I only noticed for the first time, I've read this passage so many times, I only noticed yesterday for the first time that he never gets the drink off her after all of this, like, you'll see lots of conversation goes on, but he never actually gets the drink. And you just think, that's interesting. Um, okay, so she says, "Sir, "'Sir,' the woman said, "'you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep.' Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well and drank from it himself as did also his sons and his flocks and herds? And so she doesn't really get what he's going on about. When he starts talking about living water, she's sort of thinking, she's still kind of thinking about water that we're about to drink. But those of us who kind of have hung around the Bible a little bit, hung out with Jesus a little bit, we know that perhaps living water is referring to something a bit deeper, something a bit more significant than just a drink of water that they can have. But she's a bit clueless and she doesn't really pick that up. And so Jesus kind of moves on and and he gets her attention a little bit more well, hang on, he says this, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. So you'd sort of pick up, you know, this is kind of important water that he is talking about. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. She really is not, kind of getting it like you'd think that when you start talking about welling up to eternal life within you that you'd realize he's not talking about h2o but she hasn't picked that up and she's like yeah give me this water so i can just you know come back here and so at this point he's like all right you know let's take a real turn and he says to her go call your husband and come back i have no husband she replied Jesus said to her you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have had 5 husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. And I think, you know, it's nice the way that Jesus says that. He kind of affirms her right in the midst of pointing out that she's had 5 guys and now she's with some other guy and you know, he's like what you have said is quite correct, you know. Good on you being honest about that. Um You know, but at this point, it's like, it started off just with, can I have a drink of water? And then he's kind of raised this sort of spiritual lever to the conversation. And now it's just like he puts his finger right on her life and she's really exposed. And at this point, it's like you see her trying to squirm. Like if he's just pointed that thing out about her husbands and about, you know, her adulterous life, basically, then she says, sir, I can see that you are a prophet. And then rather than kind of going on, well, let me tell you about the five men that I've been with and all of that sort of stuff. She says, our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. So she's just kind of like, okay, how can I kind of steer the conversation away from me and my multiple husbands um, and get on to something else? And Jesus is willing to go with her and read on. He says, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. And it's just quite a bizarre conversation when you kind of break it down into all where it started and where it ends up. It just seems all a bit strange and you're not kind of sure. It seems like the woman is kind of directing it. Like she kind of starts talking about being Samaritans, being, you know, water and then she brings up the husband and then she kind of squirms away from that. But to me, it seems like at the end of this, somehow it feels like Jesus is right where he wants to be in terms of the conversation. Like somehow... I don't know whether he was kind of twisting this all the way here or whether he was willing to just follow where she went, but somehow he's right where he wants to be. And they're talking about worship. And I think that's really significant that Jesus, even when he's hot and tired and thirsty and he's asked someone for a drink and then he's had to have this big conversation and hasn't even got the drink in the end, that this matter is really close to his heart. It's kind of, and I I like it that he sort of has managed to bring through all this other stuff and and end up at worship. And, you know, almost like he's like, yeah, so speaking of adultery, let's talk about worship, you know. And I kind of think that that's what he's like. I think that worship is really close to Jesus' heart and almost like there could have been any topic. They could have been talking about, I don't know, trees or talking about cows or something like that. And somehow he could have, you know, wound it up. But like, you know, speaking about PA systems, although they probably wouldn't have back then, but you know, speaking about PA systems, let's talk about worship. I think that it's important to him. And so he brings this amazing line, which we've probably heard lots of time, where he says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers that the Father seeks. And to me, that just gets my attention. When it says something like, this is the kind of person that God is after, that for us who are trying to follow him, I think should really kind of prick up our ears and we say, well, you know, what, what's he talking about? So we should ask the question, what does it mean to worship in spirit and in truth? And I think basically, like we could, we'll spend a little bit of time looking at it, but basically, I think it means this. That spirit to worship in spirit means that it has to engage our hearts our beings our emotions um you know she started talking about do we worship on this mountain or on that mountain and he's saying actually it's not about that it's not about where you go it's about what's going on inside so that's i think part of what it means to worship in spirit and then to worship in truth it means it has to actually involve our heads because he says you samaritans you don't know what you're worshiping you don't know who you're worshiping you don't have, they actually didn't have the full scriptures anymore. They only accepted a little their own version of the first five books of the Bible and then the other bits they kind of messed around with. And so he's saying actually you need to worship in truth. It, it, it's not just about kind of coming and singing lovely songs or bowing down in a certain way or burning incense or however you do it. It's actually important that you know the one that you're doing that for, that you know what he's like and that you know him in relationship with him. It's got to be about truth as well. And so there are all kinds of worshippers, I imagine, but this is the kind that God himself is seeking. And it's not just, it says that he seeks them. So it's not just like, oh, he's happy when one happens to crop up every now and then. But this is the kind of worshipper that he's seeking. So to me, it's like, well, if he's seeking them, then, you know, why don't we try to be those kind of worshippers? So when he kind of looks over Wodonga, looking for those kind of worshippers, that he actually sees some here. For me, I, I want to be one of them. So let's just have a little bit of a deeper look at this idea of spirit and truth. The first bit, spirit, and I talked about engaging your heart. You know, it's not enough to just do the right stuff. You know, some of us, I think, we kind of, starting from a good motivation, but we get on with, look, you just soldier on as a Christian. You just do the right things that you know that you've learned how to do. Somewhere along the way, we all learnt the right behavior And we just kind of keep going on with it. And it might be like when you come along to church that you just sort of you sing the songs or you clap your hands or you do whatever someone else tells you to do or whatever you've seen somebody else doing. But perhaps it's nothing to do with what's actually going on in your heart. And it's really a really challenging thing that Jesus actually says in Matthew where he quotes Isaiah and he says this, These people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teaching are the rules taught by men. So that means at least whatever else we can get out of that that sentence that he brings there, um, at least we can learn that it is possible to worship him in vain. You know, we're doing stuff, the stuff that we kind of would call worship, but actually he's not pleased which really isn't worship after all, if if worship is meant to be about him. You know, when I um, became a Christian, it was completely new for me. Like I was not raised as a Christian at all. My family, none of them are Christians. I'd gone to church a few times as a kid, but really, really it was like a complete total life change and and it was like my life yeah just did a 180 and I was just um, lapping it up everything that I could find out about God I was just so excited and everything was new to me you know some of the stuff that we just get so used to the way we do church the kinds of things people say praying for each other all that stuff was just like this is awesome like I totally just loved it and lapped it all up And I remember worship, I really loved the songs and I was like, oh, you know, I love these songs that we get to sing and so I'd go along to church and I'd sing these songs and I'd sing them at home and all of that. And then I remember seeing people clapping and I was like, Wow, we can like clap in worship too, like that that somehow is you know something that we 're allowed to do when we sing these songs and for me, I was like that 's so good because God has done so much in my life, and something in me just wants to kind of clap like sometimes just singing the songs isn 't enough. I feel like, yeah, you know I want to clap as well, and that somehow expresses something of the love that I have for God and Then, after a little while, I remember I, I was at, at a camp or something, and I saw somebody um kneeling down when they were in a time of prayer and and worship you know singing and stuff like that and I was like wow like that totally expresses something that I feel quite often before God where I just kind of want to bow before him and acknowledge that he's the king and I'm just kind of nothing before him and I'm I just want to serve him and so that physical action just really represents something that that I can relate to and so I was like awesome, another thing I can do in worship, great. And so I would from time to time kneel down when I felt like it. And, you know, there's so many actions that we are kind of allowed to do if we want to in worship. I remember seeing people kind of doing this, you know, closing their eyes and having their hands out like this. And I was like oh, that's cool too, you know, that's great. Because sometimes I just want to say, you know, God, here is my life. I want to kind of, with my body sort of express, I'm I'm offering it to you. Or, you know, God, give me everything that you have for me. I want to receive your love or whatever it is, I want to do this. And then, you know, I don't know if you guys are kind of that that kind of, those kind of people that do the handsy kind of thing. But once you get into it, you know, you just can't get enough. And because I was just like, you know, sometimes this isn't enough. And then I saw someone doing the big, you know, woo. Like that, and I was like, Whoa, we're allowed to do that, but that was a little bit scary because all your friends notice when you do that one. Like this one, you can kind of do down like here, kind of discreet, but this one, you got to be bold. And so, I was like, Oh, you know, but in the right setting, I was like, I'm gonna go for it, you know, because sometimes I just want to do that. Sometimes that is a really good physical expression of actually how I'm feeling and what's going on, and something of what I want to express to God. And then, I have times. You know, and I'm not that kind of person just generally. Like I'm, I don't know, you you guys don't know me, but I'm not sort of like a, you know, crazy, happy, clappy kind of person all the time in in my life. But those things actually meant something for me. And I remember, you know, times of just feeling, actually, I wish I had more body to kind of do more stuff to express what's going on in my heart with and I used to have jokes with my friends of like you know where you just kind of want your hands to somehow represent all the bigness of the love in your heart and we're talking about those you know those baseball hands that do the like you know, pointing thing. We're like, yeah, you need like those to like, worship God with, you know, just to somehow kind of take it up a notch. And then we also said they would be fun when you pray for people <clears throat> just to go, may I pray for you? And they say yes. And then you're like, okay. And you bring out the massive baseball hand. <clears throat> oh, I'm losing my voice. Wow. Um, I've become a shouting preacher. Um, okay. But <laughs> all that said, some of you are like this girl's crazy but I hope that you get kind of what I'm saying the thing is that right now I could actually perform all of those actions for you I could sing a song for you I could do the clapping I could do the kneeling I can do the lying on your face I can do the uh, hands out like this I can do this one you know I can do this one I can you know do this one (laughs) I don't think I've ever done that one before (laughs) I won't experiment in front of you um I can do all of those actions and actually I could do all of those actions with my heart completely disengaged. I learnt them back there somewhere. They meant a lot to me somewhere. They actually connected with something of what was going on in me and my relationship with God. But now I've been around the church for quite a while and I could spend a long time showing you worship actions and actually not be worshipping him at all, at all. And I guess what I'm saying, this isn't just about when we come together and sing and, you know, whether we we lift our hands or not. I could actually do quite a lot of life, show you quite a lot of other Christian actions of the way that I talk, the language that I use, what I do or don't drink, what I do or don't say, who I do or don't hang around with, any of that kind of thing. And you might kind of look and think that this is kind of worship, this is a life of worship, but actually my heart could be far from God just because I've learnt the behaviours. And I think that that's what Jesus is talking about here. He says, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And at another point, he actually, actually I think it's around here as well, he calls the Pharisees whitewashed tombs. And I don't know if you've thought about what that really means, but you know what a tomb is, it's where dead bodies are. And he's saying whitewashed tombs. You guys are whitewashed tombs. It means on the outside you've been whitewashed. You look all clean and good. But actually inside there's only death. There's no life there. And that's a pretty intense thing for Jesus to say to somebody. And I think if he could say it to them, he could say it to some of us now and so i guess for me that really helps me to realize that worship has to actually be about our hearts sometimes it is that we just get up and we don't feel it we don't feel all you know lovey-dovey and so excited about the lord and so we just get up and we do the stuff that we know that we want to do because we have an attitude that says you know i want to honor him anyway with my life but if in an ongoing way we are just performing outward behaviors and our hearts are far from him i don't think we can call it worship I think it's actually really important and it needs to be addressed. Also, we worship not just in spirit but in truth. We actually have to know him because true worship isn't just all about gushy feelings and doing good actions that mean something from our heart. It's actually about knowing the one whom we worship. It's about knowing about him So here Jesus said the Samaritans didn't actually know about God very much. They'd blended God with kind of other idols and they'd got it all into a bit of a mess. And so for us, the Bible is the best place to start to actually get to know about him. Our friends can be great. Coming along to church is definitely really helpful. Um, But the Bible is just rock solid if we want to actually get to know what God is like. Because I think that sometimes we can just get really off track somehow. I don't know how it happens, but we can kind of make in our heads a weird idea of what God is like. And then once we've kind of got it established and then we think we've read the Bible enough and we kind of go off with our own weird idea of God. And sometimes I wonder, you know, do we actually know him? Do we actually know what he's really like? You know, I think when I became a Christian, somewhere in the midst of all of my enthusiasm and being around all people who were very excited about God, somewhere I picked up the message. I don't know whether someone said it or whether I just kind of picked it up somehow, but that basically I shouldn't hang out with my friends who were not Christians anymore, you know, that it would be better for me to, if I was a real Christian, you know, just to hang out with Christians who would encourage me all the time and support me and spur me on towards God. And after quite a while... I just suddenly was like, hang on, if I look in the Gospels, if I read the Bible, I discovered that that's not what God is like at all. God isn't saying to us, withdraw from people who don't know me. He's saying, get out there, guys. That's where I'm doing work. I'm already out there. Go find where I'm working and get on board with that. But somehow, you know, we can twist it into sort of thinking that he wants us to retreat into little Christian huddles all the time and and never go, you know, I don't know, like something bad will happen if we go out and talk to someone who doesn't know him yet. Some of us, you know, can think of God as a mean judge, you know, a harsh kind of harsh parent or something like that because we actually don't know what he's really like we don't realize that he's loving and merciful um which we will find in the bible and and you know this stuff has a massive impact on the way that we live our lives as christians so i think it's really important that we let god be the one who informs us on who he is and the best way to do that is in the bible and and you know reading the bible together and i guess you know for me i think well We want to know him as he really is because so far my experience is that he is always better than any kind of alternative idea of him that I might come up with. You know, the reality of who he is is um, far superior to my little creation of what I think he might be like, you know. So definitely I think knowing him as he is for who he is um, is worthwhile. And also, I guess when we, it's not just knowing about him, obviously it's knowing him, it's about being in relationship with him. Um, yeah, in, in John chapter 17, um, it says that this is eternal life, that they, that we would know God and Jesus, his his son. You know, that's the whole point, the whole thing of eternal life is actually about knowing him, being in relationship with him. So it's super important so anyway um some of us i don't know maybe feel really far from this concept maybe the idea of that i'm talking about of worshiping in spirit and truth is is really difficult and I, I think um what's great here is that it says here jesus says you know god is spirit and his worshipers must uh worship in spirit and in truth uh hang on no 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 where's the other bit Oh, hang on. It is in here. Sorry, everybody. But it says that spirit gives birth to spirit. You'll find that in there as well. Sorry, I've just lost it on my page. But it says spirit gives birth to spirit. And that just means that the Holy Spirit is actually really alive and active in, in doing this in us. You know, we can't just decide, all right, I'm going to be a worshiper in spirit and truth. Actually, we need to engage with God and he's the one that breathes that life into us to be able to do that. So, I don't know uh, where you guys are at with this stuff. It, it may be that you just are like, yeah, I'm totally there. This I really think, you know, when you describe that idea of worshipping God in spirit and truth, that's really, you know, where I'm at. Um, it might be that some of you, you're aware that that's not where you're at, that your life actually isn't about worshipping God, but you kind of, you want that. You're at least aware and you think, you know, I wish I had that, you know, in the Psalms it talks about as a deer pants for the water, that there's something in your soul that longs to worship God in this manner. For some of you, this is, might be a brand new concept. You've never even thought about worship, or maybe you just thought about worship as being, oh, well, if I rock up and sing the songs, then I've worshipped God and it's all, that's all good. But I just want to remind you of how important it is you know it says in the bible it talks about creation worshiping god to some extent that the trees and the flowers and the sunsets they all worship god in the sense that they bring glory to him but we have a really unique place in that we get to decide whether or not we do that we get to decide to give worship to him and god is seeking true worshipers you know as i was saying you know he said to the woman you know uh speaking of adultery, let's talk about worship. And I wonder what it might be, wherever you're at, that Jesus might actually be saying to you, speaking of that thing, hey, let's talk about worship. And I, do, I don't I do think it's that big a stretch to think that Jesus might actually be saying that to us and calling us to consider worship as an all of life offering to him. You know, maybe we've seen it as a self-indulgent thing, but actually God delights in our worship. He wants us to worship him and um and so i'd really encourage you to grow in that um uh, if you would stand with me that would be really good one thing that i love in um psalms is is where uh, the psalmist speaks to himself and says, you know, awake my soul, you know, wake up my soul and worship the Lord, wake up and bring him praise. And I think that that's really good. And I, for me, I take a lot of encouragement for that because sometimes when I think about my soul, I think actually it's kind of just shut down a little bit. There's not much worship going on there. And so for some of us, the starting point for all of this might actually be to just talk to ourselves a little bit before we kind of just try and launch into singing songs or living this life or whatever that actually we need to kind of look inside and say hang on yeah things are kind of a bit sleepy in there or really shut down in there or kind of i can't see any life at all or whatever and actually to speak to ourselves hey wake up worship the lord worship god we start to speak to ourselves to start to take that step um I'm. I'm not sure. I obviously have never been to this church before. I don't know what's kind of familiar for you guys. But one thing that we always like to do at Soul Survivor um, is just to kind of have a little bit of t- of quiet, um, just to kind of, I guess, just to give room because you know we give plenty of space for me to talk, and there was plenty of space for you know us to sing and the the guys to share about what they're doing at uni and you know good things. <laughs> I hope good things. You guys are good, um, and. But sometimes it's kind of like we do all that and then we just sort of race out and we go back to our lives. And so I guess one thing that we try to do is just to give a little bit of space because it might be that God himself might want to speak something kind of directly to your heart. He might want to show you something. He might want to bring something to your mind or, um, you know, just remind you of something. Um, And so we want to kind of give space for that so I don't know if that's a familiar thing for you guys or if that feels a little bit weird it might feel a little bit awkward if I just say okay let's have a bit of a time of quiet Um, you might find that really awkward and that's okay I've kind of you know I don't mind feeling a little bit awkward um, if you don't (laughs) Um, yeah and you know awkward's not the worst thing in the world Um, so why don't we do that we'll just spend a little bit of time in quiet. And and I guess what I'm asking you guys to do is just with whatever you have, just to fix your eyes on God, turn your heart towards him and ask him if there might be something that he might want to show you. And it might be something to do with what we've been on about, might be something else. But, um, you know, I, I know that I can't kind of represent everything that God might want to say and do among us here. And so I just think it's really important that together we all decide to kind of, you know, turn towards him and, and seek him. So, Um, if it helps you to close your eyes while you do that, just so that you can focus, then do that. Um, yeah. And then we'll just spend a bit of time and then, and then we'll just kind of see, and then we'll get towards finishing if that's all right. Cool. Okay. Yeah. So God, um, I pray that, that as we do just spend this time of quiet, that, um, you would help us to get beyond just the awkward feeling of it. Um, actually that you would help us to fix our eyes on you and give us ears that would hear your voice as well, God. Yeah, I pray that for those of us who this is really unfamiliar, um, that you would surprise us with, uh, I guess, what we see of you or what we get to, um, yeah, a glimpse that we may have of you in this time. Yeah, so God we each we each make that choice just to um to wait, God, to wait in quiet and listen for you. So let's just do that for a moment, guys. Um, just while we're waiting, and, and feel free, you know, to just keep your eyes closed if you want and sort of ignore me. Um, but I just sort of have a bit of a sense that, that that some people connect with what I was saying about just sort of going through the motions a little bit. That you kind of you've learnt the right behaviour as a Christian, but something in you knows actually there's not there's not the life there that ought to be there or that that I want there. You know, when you think about the fact that you're full of the Holy Spirit that his life is meant to be in you, that, um, yeah, it just feels a bit hollow in that sense. And what would be cool would just be to pray for you, um, not to kind of single you out, not to draw attention to you, but just to be family together and to be able to stand alongside each other and, and encourage each other. Um, man, I find myself back, you know, in this place, in that place often, Um so, yeah, does anyone – I know I, I think this is kind of a bit out of your usual kind of realm of what you guys do, but if you're cool to go with me, that'll be cool. I promise we won't do anything too weird. But, um, you know, if if you feel a bit like that and you'd be willing to have just some people gather around and pray for you, could you put your hand up for me if you feel just like a bit like you've just been going through the motions and, and you actually want God to kind of breathe some life back in there so it's more than just – an outside thing of worship and life. Just where you are, if you want to pop your hand up, that would be cool. Oh, and keep it up so that people can look around and then come and pray for you. I'll just, yeah, I'm happy just to wait for a moment. It doesn't um, it doesn't matter to me how many people end up with their hands up or not, but just if you do sense that, it would be a shame to kind of miss this time to have people pray for you. So, um, yeah, if you want to put your hand up and just keep your hand up, that would be cool so then people can come pray. Okay, well... Um, If anyone's happy to to pray um, over here, that would be great. If you guys just that are near this guy, if you just want to gather around or if you look and see the person near you has the hands up. Sorry, I can't really see because of lights, but um, I think we're okay. Um, That'd be cool. Yeah, if you guys are happy just to pray, just to, you know, God is stirring this thing. He's the one that breathes life. So you guys don't have to kind of muster up any lightning bolts or anything like that. Um, Yeah, if you can go for it and i think for the rest of us um might just finish with just one song <laughs> so i'm just going to switch over to the guitar